The following podcast episode is recommended for a mature audience. It may contain coarse language and the topics discussed might be inappropriate for people under 15 years of age. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of X vs Y, a pop culture podcast focusing on film and television and music today. I'm Audrey and I'm Generation X. I'm Matt and I'm Generation Y. In today's episode, please welcome Samuel Kadir. Woo, welcome. So today we're going to be diving into the music world. So um, Sam, Sam, you're a music fan, right? But you're Mm -hmm. also a musician, so... Like, what instruments can you play and can you sing as well? Uh, no, I'm a terrible singer. Um, <laughs> um, do I enjoy singing? Absolutely. Would I ever do it on a show? Probably not. So it's um, the shower singing thing, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, you can yeah, sing yeah. in the shower, can't sing anywhere else. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think, I think it's worse because I'm, I'm like a good musician. I know how bad I am. Like, I'm aware of it. <laughs> yeah, no, can't sing. Um, so I play... I play bass guitar. I play double bass. Um, those, those are my well, bass guitar now is really my main instrument. I haven't played double bass in, in a while just because I don't have one anymore. Um, but I can also play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of keys. I can play the the, the most basic bland backbeat on on the drums. Um, is it the one that's like do 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 No, not that. Just the. <laughs> oh man um yeah that that's me um i know there's there's not a a lot else i can play um can i ask what generation you are generation Uh, i'm guessing generation millennial are you a millennial i think i was born in 99 so i don't know that's 99 oh my god yeah you're a gen z yeah yeah. I think 96 is the cutoff for millennials. Right. Can I tell you a story quickly yeah. about mm-hmm. 1999? When yes. it was 1999, I was actually in Paris, you know, a bit of Ooh, a trouble, nice. you know, brag here. And mm-hmm. I, was at a, I was at a club in Paris or somewhere. It was actually called an Aussie bar in Paris. I was listening to Aussies and we're dancing with some French people. And it was 1999. And guess what they played at midnight or around then? Yeah, the Prince song. The Prince so song. Can you imagine fun. dancing to yeah. Prince 1999 in 1999 in Paris? It was pretty unreal, you know. So, I can uh, imagine. yeah, you can only well one day hopefully. It's it's pretty awesome, you know. Mm. I, I guess it was cold then because it was in winter, but it was pretty. It was pretty cool to 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 go overseas to Aussie bars in France or in non-English speaking countries. They still exist. And they've got like all this Australian paraphernalia around like kangaroos and everything and boomerangs. And they probably have no idea. That must be what, that must be what um, it's like for Irish people when they come to Irish pubs in Australia. (laughs) Why is everyone wearing a shamrock hat? (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, so tell me, what's your music background? Like, did you study music or? Um, a little bit, yeah. So I started playing bass and uh, upright in, in high school, um, 20, mm-hmm. so 2013. Um, that, that's where I started. Um, I, did, I did like HSC music and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the con for... Mm-hmm like a year, a year and a half. It was fun. I loved it there. Um, everyone I met was great. Um, I just, the actual course I was doing itself, I wasn't learning all that much. Um, I was getting far more from what I was doing with my band separate to that, um, which is why I stopped studying music. Um, up until that point, I, yeah, I, w- I was self-taught. Um Oh, I was self-taught with, with uh, electric bass and um, like music theory and kind of all that in general. I had a, uh, a double bass teacher for a while. Um, he was super great, um, really nice guy. Uh, I, we actually, um, he's in a band now 
called Ambient Book Club. Uh, we played a show with them at Oxford Art Factory uh, earlier this year. Um, so it was, it's great to see him. Like, That's a pretty mad sounding band name, actually. Yeah, Ambient like Book Club. It's, it's great. It's pretty unique. <laughs> and, it's, and it's so good because the acronym is like ABC. So it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, he, he taught me to play double bass for a while. Yeah, that, that's kind of my background. Um, now I, I play in a sort of little alt-rock band um, called Silvers Now. It used to be called Hala, called Silvers Now. Uh, we released an, our first album last year, seven songs, nine songs, something like that. I don't know. I don't wow. remember. <laughs> um, Are we going to be able to get a live performance of Sweet Spirit on bass today or like not going to be able to, not be able to get it? Um <laughs> Not well, not well. I, I, I could, I could, I could plug away at something, but I don't know how well you'll be able to hear it. And I turn up by Ems in, in another room. Um, um, yeah, but, but um, we released an album last year and working on our next EP now. Um, yeah. Have you noticed oh, that, exciting. like, have you noticed mm. that a lot of bands now are kind of doing, like, they're kind of going away from those full length albums and they're full they're really going towards those eps these days like even bands yeah. as big as like bring me the horizon they're like yeah we're probably mm-hmm. never going to release a new like another album we're just going to be doing mm-hmm. eps every time because it's like one easier for them to record because it's only mm-hmm. like you know six or seven songs but like I, I think it's just harder to put together a whole album because a lot of the time you spend so much time doing it and then you come up with all these great songs, but inevitably you've got to cut some of them. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those songs probably never get to see the light of day, but if you only make an EP, you only have that small amount of time. So, you know, you can record it and then you know that you can come back and like record another, say five or six songs for a much cheaper price. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's um, yeah, that that's exactly what it is. Um, I think, look, I, I don't know about, like actual large acts like Bring Me the Horizon or that, but I know for um, like smaller kind of local bands, um, I think it's more a time thing. Um, mm. um, it's it's hard to find the time to invest into uh, putting a whole album together. Um, that's a lot of work because um, that's, you know, say 11, 12 songs, you've got to write, record, produce, mix, master, um, and then make videos for like five of them. Um, mm. And that's, um, yeah, that takes a lot of time, especially now, like most most musicians I know are also working like full-time or part-time or, um, I mean, not so much now, now, but <laughs> generally speaking, um, a lot of them are, you know, like teaching instruments and all that sort of thing. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it's, it's more about finding that time to actually put together a whole album in a reasonable time frame um like i think for us with with the first album um we probably like actually started working on that like properly um honestly almost like two years before it came out um we were lucky i don't want to say lucky that lockdown happened but we were kind of fortunate in a sense that um that gave us a whole lot of time to actually finish it um Mm. up until that point like all the all the tracks had been recorded and all that but Mm. the process of producing and mixing it and putting everything together was really dragging out Mm. um like it was was taking a long time um and then lockdown happened was like oh we've got all this time to just finish it now which was great um, but that's like you can't rely on things like that happening. So it's it it, it albums take a long time. Um, um, I reckon we'll probably get this EP out before before things go back to normal. Um, yeah. It, how does um how does it work though nowadays with music? I was just going to say like how you know when you just say you're at the con, you're a musician. Mm-hmm. How do you see a career coming out of that? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Um, like you said, is it mainly like, like you said, is it mainly you think you're going to go either into tutoring and, or is it the voice? Is the voice the only way to springboard look, career? I, I honestly or, wouldn't even say the voice is that great of an talent? option. Like, um, I, I, I think, look, there, there are a few um, kind of solid career paths you can take. Um, 
teaching and tutoring is absolutely one of them. Um, mm -hmm. That's um, like the, the drummer from Silver's, Nick. Um, he's like a qualified high school teacher now. Um, yep. he, he's, well, he was doing casual work. He's obviously not now. Um, mm -hmm. So teaching is definitely a thing. Um, I think the big one is doing kind of session work. Um, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, um, playing with whatever acts want you to yep. drum record or, with them. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's recording parts, it's um, mm. live shows, it's, um, it's recording, you know, like jingles and ad music yep. and yep. Yep. Um, television music. music and all that sort of yep. stuff. Um, yep. Composition is, is another route. That's probably um, almost harder to get into than the kind oh, of okay. live performance career path. Um, mm. Composition is is very competitive, mm. um, and there's there's always. Mm. Um, I think there was a time where you could kind of just be a composer and just write really great jingles mm. and soundtracks and all that sort of yeah. thing, um, but now. Um, because of how far music production technology has come, you also yeah. like you need to be able to write all those pieces. You also need to be able to um, record and produce yeah. them all yourself now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people. Um, I have a friend who's really into like film scoring. Yeah. Sorry. Um. So his his um whole thing with that now is um obviously it'd be so much nicer to record full orchestrations and all that, but. He does 98% yeah. of that himself with like MIDI kind of instruments and VSTs yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, because that that's what that's what people want. Why would I pay for yeah. a composer and an orchestra and a sound engineer and someone to mix it yeah. when I can mm -hmm. pay one person to do all of it? Um, so that you find it's also subscriptions as well, like subscription services, like for example, like um because I've had to try and get production music. So you subscribe mm -hmm. to something like Epidemic Music. Yep. So if you can get into one of those music subscription houses, like submitting yeah. music, that's a, that's obviously another option. But it's kind of like such a blanket. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like this big, it's a bit like anything these days, you know, like because uh, I come from like media, you know, TV, yeah. you know, you kind of have to get something like on a streaming service or, a, you know what I mean? Unless you want to yeah. try and, you know try and get some sort of a youtube following or mm. you know it'd be the same with music wouldn't it mm -hmm. you either have to try and get some sort of um steamroll through through um what's that other thing tiktok or through yep. youtube or um and if you can't get it through that way i mean you, you'll have to try and hit a streaming service and it's kind of with those things it's a who you know industry i don't know whether is it like that in music or not? um probably not so it definitely is um not so much with the streaming service platform i think that's a little bit more um you want to get um as much as possible you want to get a whole bunch of your when we're talking about like like kind of sound libraries and all that sort of thing um yeah a lot of them have like kind of featured writers pages and things like that where you can go on and see um you know who they're suggesting for really great ambient tracks who they're suggesting for you know really great dramatic scene tracks and all that sort of thing and it's yeah yep. um look it, it's the same with with um kind of like uh what we do as well trying to get our own music out you want to get um like we for us it's all it's all about getting on you know, like the Spotify curated playlists and yeah. the Apple Music curated playlists because yeah. um, that's where you get those organic listens from. Um, yeah. And it, it's the same with, with kind of the, the streaming platforms. You want you want someone to suggest you to everyone else yeah. um, because that's, especially when, when you're paying for those sorts of streaming subscriptions, yeah. um, you know, people don't want to be uh, kind of wasting time looking through eight tracks before they find the right one well that's it's curated content isn't it yeah that's kind of why exactly. and all these all these little niche sort of um content providers have listened mm -hmm. you know in this world because there's so much content out there you just want to have someone who help you filter through all of it 
Yeah. So uh, I just think music is very challenging because I, think... I remember working back when we used to do a lot of the Channel V live music, you know, um, coverage when you were probably like barely three <laughs> or two. I yeah. don't know whether you remember Channel V. But um, they used to do, you know, they used to travel. All, I mean, it was so great because the people mm. and Channel V, they, they came from radio. It was, um, I think his name is Barry Chapman and he came from radio. Right. And so he sort of ran it like radio. So he mm-hmm. was always doing, you know, live music was such a big thing on Channel V. And they used to do, they, I mean, it was great. They used to have these performances that were free to the public. Yeah. So they'd get the atmosphere and people would just turn up and you, and it just generated its own sort of, you know, like I could, I was never really that bigger a, a music I love music, but I'm not like a, I don't want to say groupie. That's the, not the right word to use, but, you know, like yeah. that sort of scene. I wasn't ever into like, they would go out <laughs> after, you know, the bands came over and they're all like buzz. They'd go out and, you know, um, you know, I wasn't really the energy when you've got a big band coming on. I mean, they've had, they had the Foo Fighters on when I was there. They had, um, yeah. I remember Franz Ferdinand because I never really heard mm-hmm. of them. I don't know whether you guys have heard of Franz Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah I know. But I remember when yeah. they came on. And then I remember, and we were right near Saturday Music, so they'd come on and go, oh, my God, this band is awesome. And I honestly, well, I, I really a massive audience to to become intoxicated with that whole scene. How do you find performing live? Is that part of the appeal of oh, playing? yeah. I, I love, I'm, I'm, um, I probably get more out of, uh, live shows than than just about anything else. Um, I, Every I, I photo I've seen live. of you, though, you're shirtless. It's like it's just the shirt has yeah. to come off. Got to feel the music. <laughs> no, look, that's I, don't know, I think that's um. That's Matthew, it's hot. Of, you know. Oh yeah, stage lights. And look, we yeah, we always try hot. and um uh like work up a bit of a sweat before going on stage. Um, mm. I think I think. Look, we, we put a lot of work. Part of what, what took so long getting the album out was we put a lot of work into our, our live show, um, mm. making it an actual show. Um, I think, I, think I, I know a lot of bands, small bands, where um, they have great songs. They've written really great songs. Yeah. Um, but they haven't um, kind of developed the skill of, of putting it together as mm. one kind of production um mm. and look I, I think it helps like we all have really diverse music tastes in in silvers mm. um and we all enjoy a lot of like edm and hip-hop and and all of that is about the whole production like it, it's mm. it's what you're seeing as much as it is what you're hearing yeah um so we took a lot from that and and um part of that is 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 you know warming up and working up a sweat before we get on stage um because look I don't know about you but I love when you get to you know um kind of three quarters of the way through a set and and an artist is just dripping in sweat like you know that they're physically working oh. for it as much as they are yeah. um kind of emotionally um so that's we we try mm. and start mm. the show with that level of energy um but yeah, it gets hot. Stage lights are hot. We're already sweating. Yeah, yeah I can up. imagine. Yeah. Can um, I just say something in regards to the performance mm-hmm. aspect? So yeah. my favorite band is Bullet for My Valentine. And I'm mm-hmm. saying again, bring me the horizon. But um, for me, Bullet for My Valentine are a great band and I love their music. But they just, they kind of just play mm-hmm. and then they finish. Yeah. And it's like, I love singing along with it, but it's, it's, it's not... Um, it's it's not a performance thing, you know what I mean? It's just they play, jump yeah. around a bit, you know, mm-hmm. walk up over here, walk up over there, stand in front of the drums for a bit. They don't get into it as yeah. um anymore. Like, you know, Matt's always standing right at the at the microphone. And I guess like he is a singer mm. um and he's playing guitar as well. So it's hard to like walk around with a mic. But then yeah. you see bands like Bring Me the Horizon and like I went and saw them, I think 2019 for their first love tour mm-hmm. and uh, Akidos Bank Arena. And like, I- I'd seen them before, but this was the most performative performance, like insane performance I've ever seen. Like there was so much glitter shooting through the air and like all the mm-hmm. lights and stuff. And like, yeah, they did this whole like um, video on the back screen when they were, um, when they were coming in and it's like, welcome to the future welcome and they all like walked on one by one and then you know ollie walks on everyone's like oh 
okay. And, you know, <laughs> then he starts like jumping up and doing like backflips and stuff. Yeah. Like it's so performative. And, you know, he ends mm. up like, he ends up like, um, he, he ends up like he was singing. He walked onto the crowd and they're holding him up. And like, he, he was like holding on with one arm and then they're holding his legs and he's just singing at the top of his lungs. Like didn't give a, yeah. didn't give a crap at all. It's like, you're not going to see Matt Tuck do that. And in saying that, like, I love, I love Bull for my Valentine, but mm-hmm. it's not the same performance. You watch it and you're like, damn, it was yeah. good to sing along to Tears Don't Fall, you know? Damn, it's a good song. But then yeah. you go see Bring Horizon and it's like, even songs, I like all their songs, but even mm-hmm. songs that I don't like as much, I'm just like, you know, I'm getting into it because it's such a engaging, um, sure. yeah, an engaging yeah. show. It's like, even if you don't know the song or you, ha- or you don't know the lyrics, you can still nod along and like have a really good time because it's so, um, yeah. it's, it's allowing the audience to, to, to participate, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a really good point. Um, we, look, I, I, I don't want to say it's different when you're a larger act because I don't have any experience being a larger act. Um, but I think it's kind of easy when, when everyone in the audience knows your songs and they can all sing along, um, you can kind of rely on that energy from the audience. Mm. Um, when you're assuming that no one knows your songs like we are, um, you have to create that, that vibe mm. and that energy for the audience to get into mm. without them being able to sing along. Mm. Um, and look, separate to that, like we've, we've put a lot of work into making the songs catchy and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's, um, that's definitely a thing you have to do. You can't not have catchy songs. Um, but, um, yeah, you've really got to be able to, to engage your audience without them knowing all the words or any of the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is, is, is making it a show, like a, an actual show, not just, as you said, you kind of standing there playing the song and then finishing. Mm. Um, I remember reading about the Beatles and how they just had to do a lot of covers, you know, because yeah. before their music became yeah. popular. And then they went to Germany and then they just played all the time mm-hmm. and that's how they got so good, you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. just performing all the time to crowds that were throwing beers at them and they were really drunk. Yeah. And, you know, they're all, I'm not saying take all these drugs to be a yeah. good musician, but they're obviously doing it to keep that energy up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So they could... Um, I mean, like you said, you kind of got to, you develop the show as well as you're performing it, right? You're working out what, what's yeah. working, what doesn't. So I was just going to say, you think, do you, do you ever have to add like cover songs or anything to your um, repertoire so that people can sing along or do engage? Um, yeah, it's, it's, if we play, like we've played some like house parties and birthdays and all that sort of thing for friends of ours. Yeah. Um, when we do those, we definitely play covers. Um, yeah. I think that's that's more cause um, um, I think that's that's more to draw people in. Like when 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 you're at yeah. you know like a live venue, everyone's yeah. kind of already there to see the band. Yeah. Um, when you're at playing at someone's birthday party, no one's there to see the band. Everyone's yeah. there to yeah. be at their friend's birthday party. Um, so you have to you have to do things to, to kind of draw people in to get them engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely we, we play a lot more covers and set that up. And also look, it's, it's someone's birthday. They want to hear songs they love. Yeah. Um, so whenever we've done that, we've been like, Hey, give us a list of songs you want to hear and we'll, we'll at least do like a few of them. Um, but that, that always turns out to be great. Cause it's, um, we look, I think if we wanted to, we could be like a good cover band and play covers, uh, mm. accurately. Um, and and represent them well um mm. <laughs> whenever we play covers though it's like you know a couple verses a chorus a three minute jam where none of it like it's just in the same key and then we'll go back to the chorus at the end um yeah. we're not un- undisciplined um we're just uh kind of a bit of a jam band and when we play covers it, it ends up just being like oh this is fun let's enjoy this for a few yeah. minutes and, and play around yeah. with it um you're making them your own you're doing yeah. your own take on them yeah. yeah um like we are so the first time we played as a three-piece um we had we had to put covers in because um 
so we used to be a four piece band we're a three piece now but the first time we played as a three piece um we um hadn't had the time to actually work out how to do a lot of the songs as a three piece Mm -hmm. um so we had quite a few covers then um we did uh foxy lady by Jimi hendrix and what's that 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 john meyer one i can i can hear it i can't think of what it's called um john who john meyer He's a John Mayer, M A Y E R, the the sort of slow, easy listening guy. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, so he's got a he's got a blues trio, um, oh, and okay. they do some some great stuff. So his was a cover, and we yep. covered his cover, um, mm-hmm. and and those ended up being like really fun jams. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, but but with with our live shows now, uh, we try we don't avoid covers. Um, but we'll reserve them for like an encore or something. Yeah, um, yeah. So what we do for our headline shows is it's a full set of original songs. Um, yeah. And then our last song, like our, our, we'll finish with uh, Some Sort of Behaviour, which is yep. a massive banger um, yep. and a, like an original. Um, yep. And then if, crowd is still feeling it we'll play one more song and that will be um like some mad party cover um so generally yeah. it's um half full glass of wine um or so- something in that sort of vibe where it's um like big meaty baseline good kind of sing-along song um yeah. and that's like um it ends up being more um What's the word? Um, um, it kind of ends up being a moment where we stop being the band putting on the show, and it's just a sing along with us and the audience. Yeah, like it's everyone yeah. just just singing yeah. a song we know yeah. really loudly, having like a putting the mic out. Yeah, you putting the mic out. Blah blah blah. And yeah, then they do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that stuff. It's so yeah. it's so and, good to be engaged. Like with yeah, and it always ends up being it ends up being a highlight of the show for us. Like all yeah. the pressures off, we finish the set. We're just now having fun, um, yeah. and you know when we get feedback on it, people are like, "That was great." Yeah. Um, you so, want to end on a high. Have yeah, you had exactly. anyone from the audience? Yeah. She's like, "I love you, Sam Kadira." God bless. Uh, you, like walk off the stage. Know. and it's like, I don't, wait, I can't walk off. I'd be like, um, I there was actually there was our, our first very cold outside. Um, our very first headline <laughs> show. Um, um, so like obviously I have um, like a bunch of uh, my friends also work where we all worked, um, so they always come. Not always, but a lot of them come because, um, like, that's how I know um, Julie and Peter is because they're friends, one of the guys in, in Silvers oh. and in my band. Um, but um, our first headline show, uh, just before we went on stage, I'm there, like, already kind of sweaty, shirt off, um, walking through the audience trying to get to the stage. And Julie goes, Sam, look who it is. And it was Betty. And I, I like, I didn't, I didn't recognize it was dark I was like th- like things were on my mind I was like I don't know who this is and then Julie's like it's Betty I'm like oh okay I didn't expect to see you. <laughs> um we should bring yeah. everyone next time yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd be crew. great um no but it was it was really nice to to have people from work come like that that's always um something I appreciate like there's no expectation. I don't expect people to come to shows. It's it's genuinely only if they want to. Um, so that was and really did they nice. enjoy it? Did they enjoy yeah. it? Yeah, I think so. Um, we were talking about that. So I think that show was Friday, and mm. then I was working Saturday, and I think she was yep. OIC. Um, yep. And we were having a chat about it. And yeah, she said it was fun. She said she hadn't been to um, that sort of venue in a while so <laughs> it's always good it's always good to bring people back to to kind of live music in Sydney yeah it is I mean you want to you know it's nice also when you know the people performing because you want to support those people yeah. and um you know and see what they can do you know mm-hmm. it's it's nice to see um the other side of what people can do isn't it in in a workplace because a workplace can be quite 
sterile or, you know, you're only seeing one side of your personality. So what yeah. about you? How did you first get into playing the guitar? What was your first uh, urge to pick it up? Uh, Why? I, um, I saw uh, Mumford and Sons um, and I was like, that big, oh, that big, that big wooden thing looks like a lot of fun. Um, so this was, was this was when they were still like super pokey and all that. Um, and I was like, "Oh wow, that looks mad! I want to play double bass." Um, oh wow! And I had a this was this was like year seven in school, um, and I had a friend who was in the school orchestra. He played drums, um, yeah. and so I was like, "Hey, do you know anyone who could teach me to play double bass?" And he was like, "Yeah, we've got a dude." Um, so he hooked me up with who was eventually the guy who eventually became my double bass teacher um yeah Gadiel but Gadiel said look it's a lot of work it's big you're small <laughs> um I'm happy to teach you but it, it's gonna be like some effort I don't like you you might not enjoy this it, it's and look it is double bass is kind of grueling to play for a while um yeah that's how you're ripped now eh? you just pick it up with one arm <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> look, honestly it, it, it's, it's quite a physically demanding instrument to play yeah um like you see all the all the like really mad jazz bass players and classical bass players all have like giant forearms and yeah. they're just sitting there doing like this all day and I'm like I don't I don't know I don't know where you have the energy to do this um but yeah he said look it's a lot um why don't you start with bass guitar and I was like okay yep. sure um and I had another friend at the time who played guitar and bass uh, and he let me borrow his bass to learn on. Um, yep. And yeah, that's where it started. I started learning uh, U2 songs because they're really easy, really yeah, simple yeah, bass yeah. lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was U2 songs, uh, Blink-182 songs. Yeah, Blink-182 um, are amazing. Yeah, and that, that, that's how I started playing bass. So can you tell oh, us cool. about um, your band, like your favorite bands growing up, like the ones that, like you know that you still love but like you know those influenced ones like, you yeah, yeah it's like, like the ones thing. you can still listen to you mm-hmm. can still listen to you from like now from time to time but they were the ones that really got you into it you know yeah um obviously Mumford and Sons um mm. yeah I I still love them I saw them two years ago three years ago something like that um and that was like um it was it was so great to see them again because I loved it every bit as much as I did the first yeah. time. Um, um, and I think, I think a big thing of that is like, I realize now how much um, the way my approach to music and bass playing has been influenced by that. Like, um, yeah. I've, I've, um, it's really important to me that um, when I play, that what I'm playing, um, is first and foremost supportive and suits the song. Um, and then second to that has, you know, interesting harmonies and um, yeah. obviously is in time. Um, and, yeah. and so much of that I think has been influenced by the fact that that, that that first band that got me into it was a band that so heavily relies on interesting harmonies and, and big vocal yeah. parts and all that sort of thing. Um, so absolutely 100% Mumford and Sons. Um, Blink-182, uh, my favourite band of all time. Oh, really? Um, I love them so much. Um, <laughs> I love funny. every side project wow. that I have. Boxcar Racer, wow. um, Plus 44, Angels and Airways, all of it. I, wow. I just, everything, everything the three of them have done. Travis Didn't, Barker wow. is my favourite musician of all time. Damn. Um, I wish I could play the bass as well as he can play drums. Um, wow. I love seeing he always has like um funky little like drum grooves that he puts on on his Instagram story. And and every time I see one, I'm like Isn't he in a band with like Machine Gun Kelly now or something? Uh yeah. So he he's uh he's always done a lot of production for hip hop artists. Um so um Travis Barker um is I feel like I resonate a lot with him because his his whole thing for a lot of his early career was uh, punk and and hip hop, um, mm. and and that's just what he played. That was it. Was just punk and hip hop, um, and I I feel that a lot. Like I love 
punk and pop punk and like hardcore and all that and I love hip-hop um and I think it's it's really interesting the things he's done like he he puts um he puts like mad triplet patterns and and hip-hop beats in in his his punk grooves and then he puts like big breakdowns in his <laughs> hip-hop grooves um and I'm like this is this is dope this is everything I love in every song that he plays on mm. um kind of reminds me of like falling in reverse to be honest because like Ronnie Radke like yeah. um not really a fan of the guy himself but yeah. um the music is great because it's got he's kind of got like hip-hop stuff and then he's got like really heavy like metalcore or like hardcore as well and it's kind of like it it cut it it flows really naturally as well. It like does. it doesn't like, it, does. it doesn't sound like he's forcing it just to be like mm-hmm. different or anything. Like it actually really flows. Like he'd be like, yeah, definitely. and then just like suddenly like, yo, what the, the, you know, and then he like drop into, drop into a mm-hmm. rap verse. And it's like, wow, that is actually so, so um, seamless. Like the transition, like, yeah. Uh, like it didn't seem like there was an effort at all, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely think like, look, New Metal did that whole like, rap with metal thing well before Travis Barker did absolutely um you're like Rage Against the Machine did it ages ago but they still mm-hmm. had big metal drum parts mm-hmm. um it was kind of like like those were really all um heavy metal heavy and metal bands with rap vocals mm. yeah um they're kind of I like Linkin Park as well then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same yeah. sort of thing. I think, I feel at least, Travis Barker is one of the first people who puts um, hip-hop parts in punk mm. songs. Mm. Um, like, you listen to some of, like, the Blink Untitled album, Neighbourhoods, um, and it's all just, like, it's, it's still 100% pop-punk, like, absolutely. But um, there's all these, like, um, swung grooves and mm. like funky little like 16th note fills and I'm like this is all just hip-hop rhythms and hip-hop flows mm. in punk and it's so much fun um, and it's mm. it's it's so obvious because everything in punk is just straight eights but it works so well because he's such a good drummer and can make mm. it work and I mm. think from then on you can see the influence he had in that um you know like oh, i forget the fallout boy drummer's name but he did the same thing after travis barker started doing mm. it. um a lot of the the hardcore stuff you talking about like falling in reverse all that came after travis barker started putting um these grooves in in mm. punk music and i think i think it's great what's come after that especially now with um as you said like what um machine gun kelly's been doing and mm. um you know, like, like even like, um, what's her name, Olivia Rodrigo? Like, that's brutal. Brutal is mad, and that's just, um, that's like, like R and B melodies on on a punk track. It's so much fun, um, but it's it's all because because Blink One Eight Two needed a new drummer, and the guy they found was a dope hip hop producer as well. Um, I think that's something that like that you have to deal with as well when you like music and Mm. especially if you hang out with a group of people that only like a specific type of music um there's a lot of pressure it's like you've got to why aren't you keeping up with the latest releases like why are you listening to eminem we're we're a like emo group you know why are you listening to eminem and i was like i remember getting annoyed at my group of friends because Mm. i was like i can't i just want to listen to music that i like you know sometimes i want to listen to like acoustic music or something so i'll be like sitting there mm-hmm. listening to like um black veil brides the mortician's daughter or something and just like feeling depressed you know or yeah like well not depressed but like you know you just want to like i love acoustic music that's something that mm-hmm. it's something that i really like um embraced recently the last couple of years it's like i've just really embracing like the acoustic like there doesn't have to be yeah feeling sentimental like mm. there doesn't have to be any other um instrument it's just someone with an acoustic guitar just playing along and like i I know this sounds really weird but like um so on the twilight soundtrack i don't know if you know but rowan pattinson is a musician 
Um, and he no. actually recorded, yeah, he, he that piano song he played in Twilight. He also mm-hmm. recorded like six or seven songs for that film. Um, right. Okay. And he, he played a few covers. I think there was like a, a Van Morrison cover um, mm-hmm. in there. Um, and I think it was called Let Me Shine or something. And I was like, oh my God, like the song is so good. Like he, he really like, he, he sounds like, he's got like that really rough, raspy voice. And mm-hmm. um, I think he worked really well. Like he was amazing. And then also like Jeremy Renner just came out with a full length, like acoustic album or something. I'm like, I never knew oh, this okay. guy could sing. Like these songs are really good. And um, you know, I've also been listening to a bit of country and I know like everyone hates country. Like they either hate it or they love it. Yeah. And I've been listening to this guy called Luke Combs and I'm like, this guy is yes. so good. Like I was, my friend was like, Oh, same. I was like, I'm listening. I'm, I want to listen to some country music, but I don't want to listen to like Keith Urban. My friends are like, listen to Luke Combs. And I'm like, who the hell is that? And he's like, oh, he's one of the biggest artists in the world. I'm like, all right, buddy. And then I look on Spotify, it's like 300 million views, like listens. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, okay. I've never heard of this guy before, but like the music is really good. And mm-hmm. another song I really enjoyed lately was, um, I mean, I, I get onto music really late sometimes. I'll be like just That's looking fine. for like, list yeah. of like a really good acoustic songs or something and then like mm-hmm. i'm like okay this came out in 2005 never heard of it but yeah. um yeah. but it's a song called um the murder of crows or something by um white something or other like uh it, w- it was on um it was on hold on let me find it it's called come join the murder from white buffalo right okay. and it was played during the last scene of sons of anarchy when um jackie's riding away and i was like oh my god and it goes for like eight minutes or something mm. and it's such a good song and it goes from like i think it's a bit of electric guitar in it but it picks up and then it's like slows down again on the bit where you like have this really cool pan um of him like riding from the side and everything and then an aerial view and I mean that the cinematography for that was really good but like combining that with the music like I've always thought that music is so amazing and in the days where I don't want to listen to I don't want to watch a movie I don't want to watch a tv show but I always want to listen to music you know Mm -hmm. um and also in saying that with long songs I mean one of my favorite bands of all time is Pink Floyd and that they have some bangers that just go forever (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. you you know what I find Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know about you guys, with this generation, um, and, you know, when I grew up, we had this show called Countdown and it kind of, you know, you, you saw, well, they're all miming. Yeah. They weren't really singing live. <laughs> Don't you find out later? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was still, you, you knew to tune in every week, see the latest music and you'd get, you'd feel like, and then, um, like I said, and then I worked on Channel V. So I, even though I was a bit of a dag, you know, I listened to daggy 80s music. I mean, I, when I went to uni, I listened to Triple J. So there was another venue to yeah. curate the music. You know, you thought Triple J is pretty cool. I was just saying, you know, it seems to me like from my generation anyway, like we used to have Countdown where they mimed. Well, yeah. it wasn't live music, but we had points of points where we could find music mm-hmm. to to follow. You know what I mean? And I find these days, there it's harder to find those touchstones like at the moment you know you're mentioning all these bands all these influences yeah. and if i'm not following music and i'm not listening to you know i listen to, I listen to what's that one with amanda keller um, um uh, and jonesy yeah, yeah i listen to wsfm because my partner puts it on in the morning and I, that's all i listen to just purely because that's what he's tuned into so i feel like um yeah. how does someone like just say from my generation mm. access that uh, we're doing it through our kids right actually mm-hmm. things they've seen on tiktok or they've heard from their friends and things like that and i'm just wondering how do you sort of you know there there isn't do you find there isn't really anywhere like like you know i've seen through the years where you can just go do you wish there was something where you could say i want to go and perform you know it doesn't have to be the voice or something which isn't really a platform like that's what Mm -hmm. i'm thinking of there's so many platforms and there's so many people who curate this do you think it's quite challenging these days to really you know sort of find that platform for your music you know like for i I, because i find like i said you know unless you know whose playlist to go and follow it's really difficult to yeah. to um to find even you you know if i spell it wrong i'm mm-hmm. not going to find you, <laughs> you know? yeah. like if you have no 
I guess if you have no sort of um, social media or, or online presence, mm. you know, and how do you build that, you know? Yeah. Um, I've, look, for me personally, I've spent quite a lot of time um, curating my own social media so I yeah. get suggestions that I want to listen to. Yeah. Um, like when I, when I first started using Spotify, my so Spotify does a discover weekly. So every week you get, it, suge- it gives you a playlist of new music they think you'll like based on what you listen to. Um, oh, okay, yep. And because of how varied my tastes are, like there's a lot of things where, a lot of kind of genres where I'll like a handful of acts, but I don't particularly enjoy the genre as a whole. It's just yep. specific um, songwriting styles or, or sounds from those artists that I enjoy Um, so what was happening a lot when I first started using Spotify is I'd get all these suggestions for acts I already know and songs I already knew I didn't really like just because they were similar to what I already listened to in that particular genre Um, and so I never listened to my Discover Weekly because it was consistently not what I wanted to listen to Um, But after a while, I spent a lot of time um, choosing what I did listen to on a daily basis very selectively so I could get what I wanted in my Discover Weekly. Now, Mm -hmm. half the time, all I listen to is um, whatever new things Spotify suggests me because it's good now. It's it's accurate what I want to hear. But I've spent quite a lot of time doing that with Spotify, doing that with YouTube, um, doing it with um with soundcloud as well soundcloud is the worst for suggesting new bad music okay um i think look part of that is just how diverse soundcloud's catalog is like every single song that anyone's Mm. ever written is on soundcloud um so it it can be tough you'll get a lot of um i find i get a lot of like unfinished things um where it'll be like 20 seconds of someone's like voice note that they accidentally uploaded publicly instead of like on private just for them to refer back to. Um, and sometimes those are fun. Sometimes it's it's interesting to see other people's creative process. Other times I'm like, I'm just trying to listen to music right now. I don't want to, <laughs> like I want finished works to enjoy. Um, it's, it, it's tough to find um, new music now. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially also because if all you're you're listening to is like top 40 radio, which is not bad. I Mm. love top 40 radio. All you'll see, hey. Pardon? It's all you'll see. No, well, yeah. But also it's it's a whole bunch of of corporations trying to sound like other musicians, trying to find one artist who can be their other artist. Mm. Um, So it's... um, actually I actually don't in some ways i like top 40 because like it's some of it's pretty good mm. but i also don't like it in a way because you don't see much diversity i mean you don't often see a heavy metal song in the top 40 unless it's like you know unless Meta- like a metallica member died or something like mm. then you might see it pop up there but um you don't see it. it's usually hip-hop r&b or pop Pop. and even these days it's like i don't even know what you would call like kesha or whatever like it's kind of techno pop or something like Mm. that but like you don't often see a lot of diversity and that's what i don't like because there are so many there are so many great musicians out there that just don't Mm. get the respect that they deserve and like they are really good musicians Mm. and in saying that like it's not like i'm I, i know a lot of top 40 music is auto-tuned but i think there are a lot of great top 40 singers as well like adele is a one of my favorite singers i think she's Mm -hmm. amazing um that olivia rodrigo person with that song good for you i was like Mm -hmm. i remember putting that on i was like damn this song is good like it's amazing but like too often you sit you hear the same kind of music and i just i'd I'd love to see a bit more um diversity i've actually been really getting into um the new age hip-hop so um i i think it's called trap um i i don't, I don't know if it's called trap i can't I don't, i'm too old okay. but
but it's like the the whole juice world kind of music like um oh, like 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 Emo, yeah, it's like, like yeah, 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 like it's kind of like that, but in a whistle voice, and it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Fifty Cent. What's going on? You know, yeah. um, but it's actually like I was listening to his song Robbery, and I'm like, holy crap, this song is so good. Like, I really like his vocals. Like, it's kind of in a way, it's similar to like Post Malone and um yeah. and all that. But like, and then I found out that he died. I'm like, okay, that's a bummer. But um, yeah. no, like the music is quite good. And then my like. I was, I think I was playing it or something, and my like eight-year-old cousin was like, "I love that song." I'm like, "Why are you listening to that?" And he's like, That's "Oh, you know, I know those gangster life." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Man, if I said that to my dad when I was eight, or oh, <laughs> I'd be locked in the, I'd be locked in a caravan with like Metallica for twelve hours or something. Like, get that out of your system." <laughs> I have to say, I, I, I I'm just, oh, sorry. You know, I am going to say, you know. Oh, I was just going to quickly say about the top 40 music. I had to, yeah. um, I was trying to find some backing music for my daughter's, she's, mm-hmm. you know, new six. I was trying to find it for, to cut like a, you know, farewell. And I was going, yeah. oh, what, so what, to, what, what, I was going, so I was being, what music are you into? Which one should I put in? Which is very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Is this one? She goes, no, that one's got swearing in it. No, that one's good, but it's got swearing in it. And I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> you know, they, they can, you know, they've got access to all this. this. I mean, I guess yeah. we've always had access to this kind mm. of music, but it's just so top 40 now, more than it would have been in my generation. You know, yeah. they would have had radio edits and, mm-hmm. you know, now they, they hear all those versions on TikTok or whatever, you know. So it's kind of, um, like I said, I, I like your idea about how to curate music yourself. Mm. You know, that's a, to put all the different styles you like on like a Spotify or something and just see yeah. what comes back, you know, and that's <laughs> a way for you rather than be dictated by a, a radio station or a commercial, you know, um, content provider to push their stuff on you, Yeah. you know. Um, sorry, what were you going to say about Matt? Um, oh, Matthew? no, I was just going to say I, I, I understand what you're saying about um, like variety and diversity in top 40. Um, I also think though, like top 40 is pretty much synonymous now with, with pop and, and like pop hip hop. Um, Mm. I I think, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I I think the other thing that people kind of forget about is, um, people my age and younger listening to top 40 are not listening to radio top 40 the way people my age and older listen to radio top 40 um yeah i think like if 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 you listen to pop radio it's the same 10 songs on repeat all day every day um but that's not like kids don't listen to the radio i don't listen i never listen to the radio no no Um, if 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 I'm listening to the radio in my car, I have it on FBI more out of obligation than anything. Um, not particularly because I enjoy FBI or the music they play, but just because yep. it's the only it's the yep. only radio that would play our songs. So I feel out of like yep. out of obligation. I have to Loyalty. listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Give Why not? other <laughs> bands like us those plays. Um, yeah. So I I like that. That's the only reason I listen to the radio. Um, yeah. I think, um, yeah, if, if, you, if you're someone who enjoys Top 40, um, which is pretty much exclusively people younger than me, um, you're, you're only listening to it through Apple Music or Spotify or mm. some sort of streaming platform. And at that point, you're listening to um, playlists. It do, yeah, so, it does change a lot too. And yeah. like, it, it's really cool too with Spotify where you can just like, oh, I want to listen to like, you know, I want to listen to Juice World, and then they mm. like Spotify's created a whole playlist of his like best songs according to everyone's listens, which is really cool. Yeah. Like, you don't have to because it's really annoying when you have to when you go on their profile and it's only got the top five, so then you have to try and find which mm. album that song is in. Yeah, you know. Whereas, yeah. like, when it has the list of their best songs, it's so it's so great. Like, I love it. Mm. But um, I, I still that's think very that, Westworld, Matthew. You know, I feel like there's some unknown bot controlling all 
everything. There is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's collecting <laughs> it's collecting all these information on you and you know, it's like when you're doing searches and yeah, you you guys it all is. know it's this. AI, anyway, yeah. but it's That's exactly what I, I just feel like <laughs> the the generation like my children's generation, you know, what what is actually you know, are they doing that exploration? You know, I feel like mm. it's so narrowed. Oh, you're listening to this? Listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah. You know, there's none of that exploration unless you get deeper. Until you actually create something, you don't under, you, you don't really appreciate how much has gone into that that creation. You know what I mean? Unless, yeah. Until you've tried to compose the piece of music, you don't realise how hard it is to actually write something catchy or mm. even just string four notes together that don't sound like a Beatles song or something you've heard, you know, oh, is that mine? Or have I, have I heard that from somewhere else? Am I going to get sued for this? You know, and, um, and every idea is, <laughs> every idea is, it's just so hard to come up with. And that's probably why when you hear them meshing different styles mm. together, that's all you can do now. It's just like, you know, like I heard Quentin Tarantino, someone, I never heard it before, but what he does is he meshes trashy films with, sort of indie house mm-hmm. you know in, or indie indie sort of that sort of indie feel about it but that's yeah. what his mesh is and I thought that's so true he, he meshes all these b-grade movies with you know things that are a bit more you know mm. high well not even highbrow but that's it's interesting to create your own genre these days yeah. you kind of have to do that you know because everything you feel like everything's been done you know, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. and I guess pop is so popular because it is such an earworm. You know, you're not going to yep. get into who's going to get into those long guitar riffs ultimately if you're not kind of a musician. You know, I I find it. I love mm-hmm. jazz, but I can only listen to so much jazz before I'm like, you know, I'm like asleep because I've gone on for like ages <laughs> on these riffs. I'm the and, same. Uh, yeah, you know, I love I just, jazz, but I I I know I love it as a musician and not as just a person enjoying yeah. music from that just those few years I played the piano I can listen to someone play the piano and appreciate it like I went to see Elton John I never thought I'd see Elton John I thought he was just too daggy for me but I saw him perform like two years ago or whatever it was and um and he was an he's an amazing musician you know amazing he's still so powerful um you know it might not be the same you know power he had when he was younger or the same yeah. but he's still got that emotion he's still got that connection with the audience he still knows yeah. how to bring you know he knows when to time the hits and bring them home he came out in his freaking dressing gown he looked like he didn't you know what i mean he yeah. walk around in his dressing gown and slippers and sit there and and but when he plays you don't realize until they play live what good musicians they are you know what i mean he goes on the, yeah. he went on these long you know piano solos and i was just <laughs> like god he's he's an amazing musician you know and i find um that's probably what you get as a musician or you know learning music and learning an instrument mm. you get that feel for music and appreciation and you search out those you know like i was going to say have you heard of um dave brubeck you know the yes 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 and there's take five you know take five this so talented you know what i mean like it's amazing you know because it's so hard i can't even i can't even play on the beat with a freaking metronome let alone off the beat so um i um yeah, I find that are my kids, I'm thinking, are my kids ever going to discover that? You know, that's what I worry about if they don't play an instrument and they're getting all their all their content curated by all these, um, what did you guys call it again? Like uh, uh, AI. Russians? <laughs> AI, AI. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, think, I, uh, I think the thing um, people kind of forget about when it comes to like, especially, I, I find this a lot with Spotify curation what you get doesn't seem like there's variety in it because it's not you know if if it if you're listening to pop you're getting pop if you're listening to hip-hop you're getting hip-hop if you're listening to you know heavier stuff you're getting heavier stuff um i think what sometimes we fail to appreciate is that there is in fact a lot of variety in the artists and the song selection that you do get from the playlists um and sometimes um like for instance what you're saying about you know whether your kids are getting to hear music in in odd times um it's not as explicit and obvious as take five but um i think we're we're kind of forgetting about the impact um producers have on popular music now 
um, because look, all the all the producers I know and love, like Jack Antonoff is an amazing example. All he does mm-hmm. is produce like multi-million dollar pop and hip hop. Like that's that's his his forte. And yet you listen to him talk about music, and it's the same kind of nerdiness as mm-hmm. like all my my jazz friends and and like mm-hmm. my like the music theory nerds, and mm-hmm. all of that is still there. It's just not coming from the person whose name is is on oh, okay. the song. Yep. So the influences um, are still there in the music. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all layered there. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of um, listening for that. And I guess they will. You know, like you said, the more they listen to them, the more their ear will grow. You yeah, know what I mean? It's just exactly. developing that wider. Yeah. You know, I, I. That's why I said I. I find even like when I was at uni and listening to Triple J, at least it expanded my ear. You know what I mean? I was listening yeah. to just top forty before, but then when you expand your ear and because radio, like you said, is so not cool anymore, you know, mm-hmm. where do they get that access to make them listen to that variety? I mean, that it's like a, you have to make a conscious decision to do it. I feel these days, you know, but like you yeah. said, if you said a lot of the influences are already mm-hmm. built into the songs, well, that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's interesting to, to know. I think top 40 music is a bit like it's gotten worse though in saying that like it's, it's like i don't know if you guys have seen the movie this is 40 but like um no i should i'm really i'm there though it's got paul rudd (laughs) it's got it's got paul rudd in it yeah yeah yeah, um but they're all like listening to this song by Nicki minaj and it's like she just repeats the dungeon dragon the dungeon like 17 times and i'm like how is that a song and then like paul rudd's character is like there's no heart and soul in that song, you know? And then he plays um, Rooster by Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 you can't dance to this. This sucks. This is a terrible song. You can't dance in a nightclub to it. And I'm like, I fully support Paul Rudd's character in that because, like, mm-hmm. I can't stand nightclubs. I'd rather go to a bar and listen to a guy play an acoustic guitar for an hour. You know, Green Day, like, yeah. Wake Me Up When September Ends. Um What's that song called? Good, good riddance. No, no. Um, uh, time of your life. Good time of your life. You know, like those classic songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's why I love going to like gigs and concerts and festivals. Oh, look, and look hopefully... what I found. Look what, look what we've got piles of in our garage. They're called CDs. Um, CDs. I don't know whether you guys remember these, but yeah, I've got some here. <laughs> I've still got CDs. Yeah. Right. I still buy CDs if 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 they're a band I really want. Yeah. I I've got a few. Um. I don't know if you've ever heard of Cancer Bats. I've got a, they're kind of like a heavy, well, like a metal core band. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got like three signed CDs by them or something. Um, and I've like wrapped them up in like one of those comic book sleeves just to like okay. keep it authentic. I, was gonna say, I think that's, a, that's another difference between um, growing up. Because I started when I was younger, we had records, right? Mm-hmm. So we had to listen to the record you know till we get I used to I worked out how to put it on the groove of the song I liked but um, (laughs) and then we had to listen to top 40 radio and tape it and then we you know what I mean you'd have a tape mixtape and things like that so we really had to be patient and wait for our music and these days it's so instant you know what I mean I am sounding like the Gen X viewpoint now but I just find so waiting for it you really appreciated the weight of that music and you really you know when when a, a band came out with a new song or whatever it was a real event you know what I mean and yeah. um I feel like it's just that's why I, I'm very empathetic to the current generations how they how would they get their music out there and I mean it's good you know people like you know when I because I follow Elton John after I went I was I always thought he was really daggy until I went to his full concert and I was like really into it and I'd highly recommend if you ever want to hear an interesting autobiography mm-hmm. and since we're all library members we can get it on one of the um library apps yeah. Go and borrow his audio book. Um, I think it's called, oh, what's it called? It's called Me, I think. Get the right, audio book okay. version because he gets, you know, have you seen, there's a movie called Rocket Man he made mm-hmm. um, and he cast Taron Egerton to play him in the movie. Mm-hmm. Taron Egerton, he's so lazy. Oh, John, he got Taron Egerton to do the audio book for him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool because he puts a lot of his actoring, you know, he's got mm-hmm. a lot of more nuance to his, the performance of um, being Elton. And I think right near the end of the book, he 
Elton actually narrates it. You know what I mean? He, right. he narrates one chapter and you kind of think, oh, I wish Karen was back because Karen was a lot more. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it was really, it was really, it was really cool to listen to that audio book and hear all the cool people he used to hang out with, you know, he used to hang out with John Lennon and he used to hang out with, oh. yeah. and he was just so talented as a musician that you kind of, um, Mm-hmm. yeah i i can't even remember what my point was now mm-hmm. but it was you know like it was just uh yeah back to elton john and cd this is what happens as well with gen x uh gen x uh co-host they, they forget what they're talking about because they're getting <laughs> alzheimer's <laughs> I, I think i think it's actually I, I don't know if this might sound controversial but i actually think it's easier for newcomer artists to get out there now because i feel like with records and stuff like they wouldn't have been able to like there would there would only be like finite music you know it would be hard to get out there and then mm. like you'd probably try really hard for a couple of years have no success these days if all you have to do is buy like what is it, like five hundred dollar a thousand dollar like home studio set or something and you could probably like well i don't know how much that costs mm. but like you could probably record some pretty decent music at home um with the current software that's level, available yeah it's a level I, I playing th- field Yep. I, I think the actual the the barrier of, of entry to making music is much mm. lower. Mm. Um, but I think it's just as hard to actually mm. get the music to people. Um, yeah. As but, a no, as a non-musician though, can mm. I say that it might be a not huge amount, but maybe a bit less because like a bit easier because like say you make all this music back in the day you have all you spend all this money you make all the music and no one buys it right these mm. days you can share it on social media you can share it on soundcloud um but you you're can still submit not it to... making you're still not making any of that money back yeah yes. yeah but and, th- and there it's is costing a chance, you to make it there is yeah. a more there is more of a chance of someone coming across it you know or like you you hear mm. bands like um I mean, well, I don't even know. That. I can't even think of a single band like that at the moment. Yeah. But like, all it takes is someone like Post Malone and be like, "Oh, that's a pretty good cover of one of my songs," and then they share it. You know, but I or, mean that that's the same. All it took was for Chris Cornell to listen to your song and share it. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's no like they we didn't have social media back then. So like, when you look at the yeah. Beatles' success, they did all of theirs on records and touring. Like they didn't have yeah. iTunes thing itunes music or whatever mm-hmm. like they must have sold it like they all sold out cds vinyl um, probably not cds just vinyl records yeah. and stuff hey everyone we ran out of time with sam so we're going to get him back next week to talk about um to continue talking about his music and how he got into it ins and outs of music basically so um stay tuned and we'll end up um we'll come back in a couple of weeks with sam cordero again part two Your light is very near